Welcome back to Let's Talk About It, where we have conversations that spread love, shed light, and celebrate freedom. My name is Amanda, and I was so blessed to be joined in conversation by Nick Deere. She is such a light in my life. Um, she is someone who is constantly pointing me back to the Lord. She is also somebody who really just has a voice in, obviously, um, the world of leadership, but most importantly, as a child of God and as a clinical therapist. And so we were super excited to sit down and have a conversation together. It will not be the last um, because there was so much to talk about. We impact so many things, touched very minimally on a lot of things that we definitely could have gone deeper in. Um, but it was such a pleasure and such a joy to sit down and have this conversation with her. And I just really hope you all enjoy it. I don't want to be that parent who just does like the 20 minute Bible study every single night, but then like, I'm not walking out Christ with my kids. Right. And I'm like that part though. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, like, literally it's like, you have to lead by example. And I, I literally just yesterday, um, thank you for this, yeah, of course. There's a um, person that is another believer and she's in social work school right now. And she just interviewed me for one of her assignments Mm -hmm. in grad school, which Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, that's super cool. Because I remember being on the other side of that. But one of the biggest things in social work, and it's it's kind of spilling out into mainstream society, is the idea of self-care. And she's Mm -hmm. like, well, what do you do to practice self-care and all that stuff? And I was like, I have eliminated the idea that I have to have a regimented self-care. Come on. I just practice intuitive self-care. Like if I want to rest, I rest. If I want to go have fun, I go have fun. Like if I want to eat, I eat. Like if I want to spend longer at work so that I can set myself up better tomorrow, like Mm -hmm. that to me is also self-care. And having that conversation with her was just, I think, really liberating for both of us because I think that's the first time I put that into words as a professional, but I, I try to teach people that in practice. Yeah. Um, but it's the same with living out your relationship with Jesus. It's like, okay, do I want to box in like this amount of time and budgeting my time? I think at the beginning as like a new believer, that's important. Yeah. You're getting used to the rhythm. Right. But once it becomes your lifestyle, it's your lifestyle, mm-hmm. you know? And mm-hmm. I think that that's yeah. the most organic way that you can just right. be in a relationship with him. Yeah. So well, and even the fact that um, I had two thoughts on what you just said, one of them being, it was not that long ago. And this sounds so silly, but that the idea of the secret place, the revelation of that was blown up for me mm-hmm. because I was so literal. Yes. I was so literal. Like I've got to go in a room yeah. and shut a door and spend like X Lord. And like, that's what this needs to look like. Right. Literally. Literally like they could be destroying the house. And I'm like, nope. I'm spending time with Jesus. And I mean, don't get me wrong, like he honored it and served me well in those moments. <laughs> but there was such a pressure because I was, there was such condemnation and like shame of like, I can't, this is not realistic right, right now. I like can't I can't do this. And um, he was like, the secret place is just anytime you're hidden in me yeah. and like allowing him to just like cover you in that space. Yeah. And there's such a... I don't even know. Like, it's like that curling up on the lap of Jesus in that moment, even if there's chaos going on around you. Right. And so it's just so funny because that for me, I was just like, so literal of like, so frustrated. I'm like, I don't have a prayer closet. Like, I don't have any of this time. (laughs) This is ridiculous. 
Um, but the other thing too, when it comes to self-care is it's very easy, especially if you're a new Christian to become so self-absorbed in that. And that's so dangerous. Mm -hmm. And that's also where I started to get with this whole secret place Mm -hmm. thing. Because I was like, these kids are bothering me. They're driving me insane. Like they're literally like of my time. And just recently, the Lord has just worked and spoken so profoundly of just your children are being raised in the glory Mm -hmm. when you invite them into the glory. Mm -hmm. And like, that's where even in like church services, like if they want to hang out, and be with, as long as they're not like interrupting middle of worship, like that's where I draw the line. Like mom's got boundaries. Right. And if you're going to ask me to go to kids class when we're two songs in, yeah. you're st- like, I'm not, I'm not playing. That's that how we're starting. <laughs> like, exactly. No, you're going to kids class. Um, but if you want to sit and enjoy this with us, then by all means, please. And like, I love the way that we've done the like encounter nights and all of that too, because they're just powerful and the kids learn, yeah. they have to learn yeah. how to actually be a part of that. Yeah. But um, no, and like, it's so interesting because even with Macy, like I'll sit at the dining room table and like open my Bible and I'm just in my own space doing my own thing. And before I know it, she's pulled up next to me with her Bible and her notebook. Adorable. That's so sweet. I love that. And it's just, I, it's those, we're robbing ourselves of those moments yeah. when we try to like, be like, you know what? This isn't self-care. Right. No, actually it is. Mm-hmm. And I have way more joy with my kids when I can let down those like rigid mindsets of like what this needs to look like. Yeah. It's crazy because if we as a people just practice taking care of ourselves, we wouldn't need self-care. Like it's just. (laughs) Well, if that's not like Westernized at all for you, like this American, it's just so wow. Yeah. It's like the idea of how usually like. Hold on. Wait a minute. I'm still there. If we just learned to take care of ourselves, we wouldn't need self-care. Yeah. Like that's. <laughs> it seems so simple, but it's like. Everything no, is we've, though. We've made, we've made things way more difficult than they need to be. It's crazy. <laughs> like my brain is, I should not be like mind blown right now, but it's so true. Why are we so stuck on this? Like, sorry. Anyway, I interrupted you. No, Go ahead. you're good. <laughs> it just makes me think of like how the European mindset you work to live, like you work enough to enjoy your life, but the American mindset has been like, you live to work. Like you, I hate it have to work all the time. Um, and it is what it is. It's crazy. And I'm in that, like I'm in the full-time work schedule. However, I have been, I have honestly been blessed enough and have been in favor so that I'm able to do something that I enjoy and yeah. I find important. Right. So it, I also have a great partner that really helps when it comes to like, oh, I have a soon to be one year old and I'm a full-time working mom and it's, I'm in ministry and all this stuff. And it's, it's definitely looked very different, but I am happy that it's something that I enjoy doing. Um, and I feel the grace and the really like the commission to do, um, on the days though, that I catch myself, like starting to get frustrated, like, oh, I don't want to do like when I just don't have it, obviously not every day is you want to jump out of bed and right. go to the office. Mm-hmm. But on the days where I can feel myself starting to get like really ornery or really frustrated or short tempered, I'm like, Ooh, I need to rebalance. Like I need to figure yeah. out what is out of whack with me. Like maybe it's not being close enough to the Lord. Maybe it's not spending enough time with Ellie. Maybe it's not drinking enough water and getting enough mm-hmm. sleep. Like mm-hmm. 
basic things yeah. that we forget to do. Yeah. So. But I also think too, like we don't give ourselves the space mm-hmm. often mm-hmm. to even feel the difference. Oh, yeah. And that's where like, I'll never forget, Of I'm sure, I'm almost positive it was during like a time of fasting mm-hmm. where I was like, yeah. you're so much more sensitive to like that shift and when something like feels off. Yeah. And it's crazy because in that moment I was like, man, my children today mm-hmm. feel I'm feeling as though what they're doing and their behavior is a reflection of who I am as a person and, or as a mom or whatever. Um, But most days I would just busy through that and like, be like trying to get to the other side, bedtime, like you're in bed (laughs) that I can breathe. But the reality is, is like, unless I stop and allow myself to be like, okay, Lord, like I need you in these moments and I can't do them myself. Mm-hmm. And I, there's no, there isn't, I'm not the mom you've called me to be right. when I am plowing mm-hmm. through and doing it in my own strength. That's true. And that for me is huge because I mean, probably 10 times a day. Mm-hmm. And so I, I even like, I just think back to like, as a full-time working mom, mm-hmm. when I was, I'm now obviously blessed to be home with them, sure. but I hated the like rushing out the door mm-hmm. and I didn't understand why. Right. And now I'm like, it's because we don't make the space yeah. for us to feel our feelings. 100%. 100%. I honestly am so grateful. Like I have to give a lot of credit to Marcus, to my husband, right. because I, if I'm out of whack or if I'm lacking in an area or if I haven't been taking care of myself, he now in our marriage has learned like, Hey, I'm noticing this. And like, I don't want you to struggle and you are not called to struggle. And that is not how you operate. So we need to get this in line. Like whether it's, you need to take care of yourself and what you're putting in your body. You need to spend more time, you know, outside of the office, not thinking about what you're Mm -hmm. doing every day. You need to get connected to Jesus. And like, you not been taking care of yourself in that capacity. Right. Like, however it is, uh, I think it's really important that we have people like that, that we can trust because, yeah. you know, I'm aware that we're living in a world where not everybody is, you know, fortunate yeah. enough to right. have partners that do partners. that. Right. But if you don't, then you need friends or you need family yeah. or you need pastors. I, right. And that's where like, we've gotten out <laughs> I see society even kind of going into this whole, like, well, you don't have to have a church building to have a church. It's like, it's not about the building. It's literally about the community of people that you're surrounding yourself with. And like, I just know my mom even like so many times has said to me, Amanda, like, I can't imagine what my life would have looked like had I had the support system that you have with the church community. Right. And she's like, it's wildly different. And I mean, we even, John and I just were, um, I don't want to say like we were acknowledging a another pastor who's like children are now grown and we were like you have to be so proud to be able to watch your kids like live out this life and his response to us was but you guys get to like you have the people to raise your kids in this like anointed and holy environment yeah. with like good people and like they know the word and like the understanding of why they're living the way that they are versus just like this is just what we do Mm -hmm. (laughs) and he was like you're already 10 steps ahead of what I was and so like 
it was just so crazy that perspective of like just imagine what this is going to look like for you then when like this happens because we get so caught up in comparison sometimes or like even for us it wasn't even really comparison it was just like wow what a proud dad moment you know but it's just crazy to think the way that even not having that support system can shift and change things mm-hmm. and like i even just over the last couple of months um i called pastor capri and i was like look like this is what's happening whatever like i just and half the time i just need to like verbalize and talk about it yeah. and like get it out of my brain because I, I think sometimes it can just start spiraling and you get in your head so much i'm like yes. i just need it to leave <laughs> um But other times, I mean, she's even said to me, she's like, if I join you in like whatever you're feeling, I'm not helpful to pull you up out of this, like to give you a different perspective. Mm -hmm. And there's so many times I picked up the phone. I'm like, I just need a different perspective. (laughs) That's all I need. Because right now all I can see is this one and I don't, it's not great. But it's so true. Like having that support system, whatever that looks like, it doesn't always have to be a pastor, but people who are willing to speak truth and not be so afraid of your feelings. Oh yes. Oh yes. I was actually just talking to, um, I was just talking to my mom today. She was at my house, but, um, we were talking about people who are resistant to therapy Mm -hmm. and, um, it's funny that you say like, sometimes you just need to talk to somebody yeah. and it's important who those people are. Yeah. Uh, but one of my favorite groups of people as a therapist are people who really hate therapy and are just like, I don't want to be here. I don't need to talk to anybody. Like, I don't need to talk about my feelings. I don't need to hear what mm-hmm. my feelings are. And to many of those people, I say, well, the, the foundational model of therapy is friendship. Like it's Come just mm-hmm. two people having a conversation Yeah. and the only purpose that I serve as a therapist to many people is an impartial, like non-judgmental person to spit stuff. Like I am very aware that it is not at all my job as a therapist, as a minister, as a wife, as a friend. It's not my job to tell anybody how to think or how to live their Mm -hmm. life. It's just to be there and to echo what they're saying so that they're able to hear it with clarity. And I'm like, okay, now I'll ask the question, is this something that is going to be productive in your life is does this sound like a healthy thing to Mm -hmm. do does this echo your core values does this make sense to you as a person and as somebody you know you can be have the potential to be and are called to be like that is really what if it's functioning in a healthy way therapy should be yeah um and yeah I have a lot of people that that surprises yeah well in John and I, um, we, over the last maybe almost three months, I would say, um, we had started marriage therapy Mm -hmm. and very hesitant. I was not because I was just like, I'll, I'm, I've never been that, like, give me all the therapy. (laughs) Like I've learned my lessons. (laughs) Like I, I remember years ago going to a therapist and she started, I was like, Brian, I want to one what not to do. Um, and she literally just started telling me like all the things in her life that were like oh, going wrong. So and I was like so leaving there. And I'm like, especially as a perceiver and yeah. someone who feels things very deeply, yeah. I left going, I- I'm actually sure how I feel about this at all, but I'm pretty sure that's not what was supposed to happen. No, I am so mad at how many like 
and this is going to sound really hypercritical of me, but there are bad therapists and I, and there's, there's bad everything. everything. Right. Yeah. Yes. And it just, Oh, it just makes me so frustrated because I want when somebody gets to the point where they're ready to go to therapy and they are prepared to like open themselves up Mm -hmm. to that. If they get an experience with somebody who is not in the best, like, I guess, like state of mind or motivation or whatever it may be like that could deter them for anger, mm-hmm. which could then completely, you know, cut them off yeah. from whatever help they could. Do. Well, and that's where John, that's why he came in apprehensive Yeah, because he um, had tried a one-on-one mm-hmm. and he would like leave it. And he's like, Every time I feel like the conversation, like unless I am coming with something I want to talk about, it like falls short. And then we're just trying to like pull teeth. And he's like, it's so uncomfortable and like awkward, which obviously, like you said, being vulnerable, especially for a male is like super hard. (laughs) Um, But it was something that we both, like we're both really open in the fact that I would never share even the fact that we're doing therapy if I didn't know that he was supportive of that. But um. But we were just saying how even in marriage therapy, it's we could have the same conversation, just the two of us, and it would be a disaster, (laughs) a complete disaster. But she has been so unbiased and like just asking all the right questions to perpetuate conversation that's healthy. Yeah. It's really all it is. It's just... And it really does. Like, I'm like, this the amount of respect that I have for the way that she's just, it's her presence in those spaces. Yeah. And also why it's very important to find a, a good yes. therapist. Yeah. And especially in this day and age when it comes to, like, Christian therapy, mm-hmm. I just am such a, well, and that can go both ways. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's anything. It's being prayerful about that decision. Yes. Because we were frustrated at first for like the timing of it was that it was taking and when God aligned it, he aligned it. Yes. And it was so powerful. Yeah. It's, there was a very, I had a friend who was seeing a Christian therapist and just for the sake of protecting her privacy, like all I'll say is the negligence of this person could have cost this, my friend, her life. And I I know where you're headed with this and it's very important. And I was absolutely like up in arms as a believer Mm -hmm. and as somebody who just is a person Mm -hmm. cares about other people. Mm -hmm. I was like, that is disgusting to me. And I have done a lot of work with the Lord because I mean, you and I talked about it a little bit like, okay, people aren't inherently like evil. Yes. We're born into a sinful nature, but at our core, we're just broken and Mm -hmm. separated. Yeah. Love, love from the Lord. Love, right. And so I've had to work around my own frustrations from mm-hmm. people that have not really had their, you know, fellow person's interest in mind. But when I was talking with her about that, I was like, wow, God, don't let me ever be one of those people. And I really had to like think about whether or not I was going to be like a Christian counselor mm-hmm. or go and pursue like a master's degree and a license and things like that in a curriculum and in a system that was not always going to honor my beliefs and convictions. Mm. And so at the end of the day, I was very firmly impressed upon by the Holy spirit. Like 
be, you know, I'm going to become all things to all men. So I might win some of them. And like, that was a lot of it. I'm going to make sure Come that on. in certain rooms I'm yeah. qualified for people to hear me because without certain qualifications, they, I could say all of the right things and yeah. none of it would matter. Right. And really that's all it was. Mm-hmm. I don't care about titles or accolades yeah. or anything like right. that or licenses. I am grateful that I was able to pursue, um, like this route. I know that not everybody's yeah. able to do right. that. Right. But, um, that was really important to me. And I have a lot of friends who practice counseling and they're not licensed. And I have so much respect for them because I know that they're anointed and they're gifted and they're, they're practiced and Mm -hmm. educated. And that is what they do. And they are healing people like that they come in contact with. I know many people that have licenses that should never be allowed to have a conversation with anyone ever. Mm -hmm. Like, So I think it's, there are so many different layers to really taking care of people in their physical, spiritual, and mental and emotional health. Like it is such an important thing to mind what you say, because Mm. everything that you say or do is going to impact somebody's life. It's a seed. Yes. 100%. Yeah. It's, it can be very overwhelming and very scary if you don't trust that the Holy Spirit is helping you do the work. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm sure. I can't imagine. I mean, I think back just in my own experiences with somebody that a voice that I valued and had influence, right? And those voices specifically, there's such a penetration to that where you say the wrong thing. And I've I've had situations where I've had the Lord put his finger on something and being like, you took this in a way that it rooted in your heart and it needs to be removed because it wasn't what I had called it to be. And like those things, it just, yeah, I mean, it all matters. And it's a matter of like, man, he's walking me through a season of guarding my tongue. Yeah. It's- <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. I don't know if you saw, um, I think it was pastor Andrea that posted something like this. It says thus, um, a smart person knows all the right things to say and a wise person knows when and when not to say them. And I was like, wow. Sometimes I really just got to shut my mouth. <laughs> no, but it's it's true. And the fact of the matter is, is like, I, we're going to open this up for a yeah. second because it goes back to, oh man, am I going to even be able to find this? Um, Where it talks about, man, I had it bookmarked, I swear. Um, but anyway, it goes, it's the scripture that talks about, um, the way that you can impact your spouse, the unsaved spouse. Mm-hmm. And it, oh man, I'm not going to be able to find this. Do you know what off the top of your head? Mm-mm. No. Let's see. I'll see it. So, Sorry for all those that are listening <laughs> as we search through here. Oh, wait. Mm, nope. Nope. That's another one. Philippians 4, 7 that the Lord keeps speaking. Okay. Transcending all understanding. Uh, okay. Need to do. It's um, probably in Ephesians, I would assume. Corinthians. Oh, maybe not. Is it the for the unbelieving husband is sanctified by the wife, and the unbelieving wife is sanctified by the husband? Else were your children unclean, but now they are holy. Is I think it's no. I think it's the one. In, it's the one about um the wife. It's through action and not words. Mm. Man. 
And I have absolutely no idea that where it, it falls because it feels like at some point things start to blend together. I know. <laughs> oh, man. You know, it's first Peter. I'm pretty first sure. Peter 3.1. <laughs> yes. Yep. Um, thank you, Holy Spirit. That was definitely not. Wives, in the same way, submit yourselves to your own husband so that if any of them do not believe the word, they may be won over without words by the behavior of their wives when they see the purity and reverence of your lives. That was where he started with me in this. And we can go all day about the word submit. I'm kind of over it when it comes to <laughs> society. Um, but I it was we were talking about this Ed Moms group this morning too, and we were talking about how in marriage we try to – in anything, right? It's like, oh, well, we're going to speak until change happens. It's like you can pray until change happens. Sure. Sure. Probably shut your mouth. Yeah, exactly. It's like mm. – <laughs> But it's like, I had to learn this the hard way. And it's like, I he led me one day directly to that scripture. And I was like, yes, sir. Like, this is okay. If you're just like giving words for the sake of words, they carry no weight. Like there's nothing like there's yeah. the intention and the power. And like, there has to be something like you right. can't just talk all day and then just not be saying anything. Well, and what we were essentially getting at in that conversation was the fact that we, if it's also in prayer, right? If your heart posture mm -hmm. is not in the right place, if you're not actually living like Jesus right. and loving, mm -hmm. loving like Jesus, right. it goes back to like your acclaiming symbol, right? Mm -hmm. And, but it was one of those moments where I was like, man, I take the plank out of your own eye, mm -hmm. stop pointing fingers, like stay in your own lane. That's and, right? Yeah. Like, it's just because we're not holier than thou. Like that's not, we're equal, humble servants of the Lord. Yes. <laughs> and that comes to, especially comes to your spouse. Yeah. Oh yeah. You can apply there that have, to submission too. There have been so many, <laughs> yes, there have been so many times. I'm actually thinking of one specifically recently that I was like, so Marcus and I have not the same love languages. And, we don't either. Yeah. And At it's, all. it's rare that that would happen. Um, and I was feeling like very empty. I was like, mm, this has not been a great few weeks. But before I talked to him about it, I was like, hmm, I wonder how he's been feeling. I've been giving him love. And I had to look back yep. and think how the past few weeks had been because it's way easier to feel yeah. when your own needs aren't met. Yeah. But there is a very real reaction when we're feeling like our needs aren't met where we stop doing all the things. Well, it's, a, it's like we talk about this a lot in therapy of like it becomes a dance mm -hmm. of like reciprocation. Yes. And it's like you give mm -hmm. and it's received mm -hmm. and you will – they will return that or it's – I mean it, back to scripture like mm -hmm. greater to give than to receive. Yeah. But we also know that God's a God of multiplication mm -hmm. And so I, so often we get so self-absorbed in those moments of like, yeah. but what about me? And it's yeah. like, but no, like you pour out and they're going to pour back in, in those moments. But no. And in, in, there's been so many times too, where it's like, I, I feel as though you can get into this place where it's like, my voice wasn't valued mm -hmm. 
And that's where that, like, that's true of, like, not speak. I'm like, excuse me? Like, who am I going to be? I'm going to be silent, so I'm a rug, and you would just walk all over me? Like, no. (laughs) And then the Lord constantly is like, I am the one that vindicates you. Like, you are not called to go and, like, defend yourself in these things. I'm like, oh, but what? But quite frankly, even for both of us, like, it goes back to childhood Mm -hmm. and the things that I mean, even my my daughter this recently, I had noticed that she was plugging her ears mm-hmm. as I'm talking to her about something, mm-hmm. and that like immediate response of like you're being so disrespectful, right. and I like walked away from it, and the Lord reminded me of a moment when I was a child mm-hmm. and was plugging my ears, and it was from a place of overwhelm yeah. and overstimulation mm-hmm. and just needing to like reset myself. And honestly, like the compassion that came from that was huge, but also the fact that I don't want to continue raising kids that have to heal Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) from whatever it is that I'm essentially like, um, what's the word? (sighs) I am projecting onto them because that, the reason I was reacting that way is because it was a trigger to me. Yeah. And I didn't know what to do with my own emotions. So I was like, would you stop? Like, you're making me uncomfortable. And I mean, I wish I could say I had a solution to that moment. But yeah. for me, it's a matter of like, even in guarding my mouth, it's even with, especially with my kids. I mean, raising your own children is probably the most sanctifying process of my life. But you already started it. I mean, it's honestly like it's you, your body is in your own. Oh, it's so true. Right. And like you then are waking at the night where you're on someone else, you're serving. Like that's what you're consumed by. Mm -hmm. And it's from a place of love. I feel like there's a time though that that shifts where it's a choice. Yeah. It's actually really funny because I am waiting for the other foot to fall with Ellie because she's truly the best, the easiest baby in the entire universe (laughs) so cute she's the sweetest thing like waiting until that other foot falls but then I'm like I have the other voice of okay I know realistically being a parent there are challenges because that is what it is yeah however I'm like what if it actually doesn't have to be a struggle like what if I actually don't have to have one of the you know experiences where I can't be in the same room with my kid, which it's, it's insane. But I think about it because people are always like, wow, is she always this low key? Is this, she was just like cool and easy. And I'm like, "Hmm." actually I've been praying for this child for a decade. Come on. (laughs) Before I even wanted kids, I was like, okay, God, if I ever have to be a mom, you have to make that the easiest baby. If I ever have to do that, then it's if gonna, I ever it's have gonna to be the best person. You're gonna make me. Yes. yes. If I'm gonna do this be fruitful and multiply thing, you're yes. gonna make it the easiest it's ever been for anyone. Oh my gosh. So I really was expecting the easiest pregnancy, the easiest delivery, and the easiest baby. And so far he's delivered. <laughs> so far. But here's the thing, I actually think back and I think about this often. I will never forget Pastor Rhonda mm-hmm. talking about how she enjoyed all of her children yes. in every stage of life. Yes. And now Corinne's doing the same and thing. And she's doing the same thing. She's so encouraging to me because like 
I'll spend time with her. And I remember telling her, like, I don't want to have another kid because there's no way that kid is going to be as easy as Ellie. And she's like, both my kids are easy. They're both great. Like, they're both awesome. I have not had issues with either of them. Like, they both are exemplary kids, like, easy to get down, like, easy to learn new things, like, super lovey and all yeah. this stuff. And I'm just like, hmm. There may be something uh, something there. Well, but it's also the intentionality of the seeds you're planting. I mean, again, it goes back to the words that you speak. I mean, the number of times that I've spoken over my children, mm-hmm. over negative aspects of things, because I wasn't in the faith the way that you were before you had children, yeah. right? So, like, for me, I grew up in church, yeah. but it looked a whole lot different than it does now. Um, and so I wasn't in that place of, like, I mean, I even, I just listened to a podcast recently where she was talking about how precious those moments of like feeding in the night and praying over your kids and being awake. And like those, she's, she's, she said the Lord convicted her, like, get off your phone mm-hmm. during this time, pray over your children. You're never going to get these moments back. Yeah. And there was part of me that I had to be careful not to go down that path of regret yeah. because I wish I had known mm-hmm. and done certain things, but I also have to trust the Lord with what's to come. And be like, okay, well, it's now's now, and it's not too late to start in this moment it's moving so forward because there's things where I never intended to walk through certain stuff in life, and I see his hand on it. Yeah. I did, might not have seen it in the moment, right. but afterwards, like he was always there, yeah. and it's going to be the same way with my kids. Yeah. And there's a reason that we're walking through certain things that we might be walking through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember. <sighs> the just like how quickly things changed with what my confession was with certain things mm-hmm. and like i do a lot of that work with non-believers as right well. it's like i don't just see christian right. in therapy like i see everybody um and a lot of what we do is in the field we call it cognitive reframing but yeah. it really is replacing the negative with the positive mm-hmm. um and i mean not to continue to go back to like pregnancy and motherhood and stuff like that. But, um, that's my entire first trimester could have been miserable. It really could have been miserable because I was like violently ill all 12 of those first weeks. I had to carry a bucket with me because I was vomiting everywhere. I was so sick, but instead of focusing on the, like there were nights yeah, where I was like, I really am so sick of throwing up. But I, in those moments when I was feeling sick, I was like, Thank you, Jesus, that my body's doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Thank you that I have confirmation that everything is working together for this baby. Thank you that like this is tangible proof that my body is carrying this baby and developing Mm. this baby. Like I was just so grateful through it all. And I, again, going back to Marcus is an incredible partner. I was concerned before I had the faith to believe for certain things that I would forever Mm. be predisposed for like, anxiety, postpartum depression, all of that. Like I was aware that that was a fear of mine. And in my pregnancy, I remember one moment specifically, but there were many like this. It was like, I already, I already don't want her to, you know, be outside of me. Like I'm, I already miss her in my belly. Like I love being, I love feeling her there. And I love that she's Mm -hmm. so close to me and she's safe. And Marcus was like, I know what you mean, but be careful with your words because that's setting you up once she's not in your belly anymore. Like once she's delivered, those are specific seeds. And he's like, you are concerned about things like postpartum depression. 
that is a postpartum depression thought mm. that you have to surrender yeah. her out of your body. Yeah. He's like, no, we get to see her finally and mm. you will enjoy her just as much. Yeah. And you will be so happy to play with her and watch yeah. her grow. Like little things like that. Yeah. I, w- I wasn't even aware of. No. And that's wild because yeah. It, well, in, in all honesty, when you had just said previously to that, that you had prayed for conception, for pregnancy, for her growing, like delivery, all of it. And you were like, he delivered on all of them. Mm-hmm. In my mind, immediately, I was like, oh, it was seamless. Mm-hmm. She had no issues. There was no morning sickness. She was like healthy the whole time. No. But what in the, and it's so crazy because the Lord just keeps bringing back this over the last month. Mm-hmm. It's a choice. Yeah. Oh, yes. You get to choose the way that you respond Mm -hmm. to the situation. Mm -hmm. And with the gratitude, he got the glory. And that's where for even John and I were just talking like, you get to choose. Are you going to provide grace in this situation Mm -hmm. or are you going to let it steal your joy? Mm -hmm. You can choose joy or you can choose to be grumpy and miserable about what happened. You can't change what happened, Mm -hmm. but you can choose how you're going to respond to it. And like that is life changing for people. I mean- even even in the moments where I was just talking to a friend where it's like your foundation mm-hmm. or whatever you've built your life upon has crumbled. Yeah. There's so many times it's the count it all is joy, right? When you walk through trials and tribulations. Mm-hmm. But even myself, like a year ago, we were I was walking through a season which just like was not great. And but I, I even was sharing this morning, I would in a heartbeat go back and repeat that. Because of the joy that I found in the midst of having no other option. Like, I mean, of course I had a choice. I could have. But when you are in a situation where it's like, it's not just about you. Mm -hmm. And you know that it's only through the Lord that you're going to walk out of this on the other side Mm -hmm. in a better place. I, there's, I, there's a depth of knowing him that I would have never experienced Mm -hmm. otherwise. Yes. I'm sure you probably can attest to the same thing through the pregnancy as well and other situations in life, but it's just like, it's wild. Yeah. And it's so good that you bring Mm -hmm. up choice because that's something also that I work a lot with people on because usually we feel like there's a right choice or a wrong choice and Hmm. that gets people stuck. And I'm like, there's actually not a right or wrong choice. There are, there's a choice that brings you two more choices. Yeah. So if you make a choice and you realize that was not one that got you where you wanted to be, guess what? You have another choice and it's not just two. You see choices A and B, but there's also C through Z. And there are so many things that people can choose to do. Right. Like I, could choose to be joyful and happy, or I could choose to be miserable. I also could choose to be still in a, in that moment. I could choose to wait to decide how mm. I'm feeling. I could choose to, um, you know, distract myself. I could mm. choose to be avoidant. There are so many things along the scale of yeah. what we have the option to do. Yeah. And I think a lot of times we really sleep on the depth of free will because it's to us, it's choose him or don't choose him. But in those choose him and don't choose him, there are hundreds of choices that bring us closer to him or farther away from him. And wow. It's like, we try to make it. We oversimplify in those situations. Yes. 
Yeah. It's not just choose him or don't choose him. It's every choice of yours has to be a reflection of your walk toward him, like closer than farther away. Wow. How much grace does that give you? Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. That's why a lot of people that are stuck in like, I mean, you have seen it in the church. People are so frozen with condemnation or with Mm. anxiety or with whatever. Like, I can't, what if I make the wrong choice? What if I make the wrong choice? What if, you know, he can't forgive me for the things that I did? Or what if I made the wrong choice in this moment and that wasn't glorifying to him, but I'm trying. It's like, yeah, okay, well, guess what? His grace and mercies are new every day. So get up and make a different choice. Like, keep it moving. I wish it was like video because I'm like, if you could just see my face right now. Oh my goodness. Like that's going to change somebody's life. Honestly. It's changed mine. <laughs> it's changed mine. But in just recently, and we've t- I've talked with my personal therapist about micro versus macro. And that was life changing for me because I was all caught up in making mac- micro decisions for other people. <laughs> no control over. Oh yeah. And I was like, oh, but I'm like going to analyze all of these things for all of these people and I can't control any of it. So then I'm trying to like grasp at that control, which is just increasing all the things. Mm -hmm. And she simplified it. And she's just like, Amanda, like you have, there's macro decisions that are up to God. That's only he can do. But you have the choices, the macro choice or the micro where those things is your, you have choices to make mm-hmm. throughout the day mm-hmm. that are leading and led by the Lord. Yeah. And for me, it goes back to, we, we've lost this, the Lord being the one to guide our steps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, We think of like, oh, this ultimate decision that we have to be making that choice. Like that has to be the outcome of this. Mm-hmm. He hasn't asked us to do that. Mm-hmm. He's asked us to walk by faith with yes. him. Yeah. That doesn't mean you can see where you're going. Mm-hmm. It just means that you're trusting him in the process. Yeah. And it doesn't mean you're going to hear an audible prompt for every yes. Correct. Like, right. I've, I've had so many people and I myself have gotten stuck in like, wait, is this, is this a red light? Is this a green light? Like, yeah. Is, did you say to do this? Like, I feel like in the moment you did, but now I'm like, right. it. I and it's so hard yeah. to just get out of your head it's like there's the scripture that says like the carnal mind is the enemy of god mm. and i think about that all, all the time because we get stuck and sputter and sputter and then we never move that's why i love what pastor chad says he's like if you are struggling to hear what your next direction is just Dude. do the last thing yep. that he told you to do just keep on doing the last thing that he told you to do and then the next time you feel that green light and you feel the prompting do it quick do it quick before you can talk yourself out of it you know, it's funny because, and this isn't for everybody, um, but there was something that I believe you had said um, a while back where so often we expect that it's our flesh that's going to speak to us first. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. I can't tell you how often that tripped me up mm-hmm. until one day you were like, okay, but there's moments where your spirit is loud yeah. and your spirit's the first thing speaking to you and your flesh is trying to talk you out of it. Right. I don't even know. I was just like, what? But it after, it was like freedom in that moment where I was like, this is crazy. Yeah. It's so true. Mm-hmm. And when we wait too long, and that's when your carnal mind starts to kick in yeah. and starts to overthink. I'm such an overthinker when I allow myself to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think too, 
there's also some people out there that don't have peace to be able to follow. Mm -hmm. No, I get that 100%. And I remember Pastor JD used to say all the time, like, follow your peace. Mm -hmm. And like, what peace? What? What is this? But the sad thing is, is that the reality for me was that I, there's a, obviously a huge difference Mm -hmm. in having the peace in your surroundings and the peace in the Lord. Yeah. And when you think that your peace is going to be what brings things to a place of like the outward expression being something that's calm. Mm -hmm. That's not always the case. And so it's this like finally getting to this place where I could ask the Lord, like, Lord, what is, what is this peace feel? What does this peace feel like that you want me to follow and giving him the time to show you and reveal that to you Mm -hmm. so that you know what that marker is that you're walking through. Like, it's not just this, like, it's, yeah, I, I just couldn't, I couldn't for so long. I couldn't wrap my head around that. I was like, what do you mean? Like follow the peace. This feels like really confusing. And I know God's not a God of confusion. So obviously I'm not close to him and obviously I'm not healing, hearing him and like all of these things. Um, but it's being still often too, right? Like that's part of trusting him is genuinely resting in who he is. And trusting that he loves you enough to carry you through it. Yeah. Like so many times we talk about like the God-sized void within us that like can't be filled by anything else. But what I think isn't always taught is when we're trying to rely on the peace or trying to rely on like the closeness of God, he can't dwell in that void unless you empty it of whatever you're trying to fill it with first. So if you have counterfeit peace that you were trying to use before, he can't give you true peace. Like you have to get it out of your system. Nick, that's literally that like you <laughs> this whole time I'm just like a mind book. That's what shifted for me. That's exactly what shifted. Yeah. I was relying on certain aspects of my life or other people mm-hmm. to feel like, oh well, it's that codependency for yes. me. Right? Like growing up mm-hmm. is this like, oh, well, if they're emotionally okay, then I'm okay. Yeah, if you're happy, I'm happy. Yes. And what a lie mm-hmm. from the pit of hell <laughs> when it comes to, especially marriage, happy wife, happy so life. Amazing. Please do not say that ever again. <laughs> Please don't. Because I want you happy regardless of whether I'm happy or not in this yeah. moment. And happiness is fleeting. Yeah. It's not going to stay forever. Yeah. And if I am relying on somebody else's emotions, mm-hmm. hence why I'm triggered by my children at times. <laughs> I can't have peace when there's complete and utter chaos and like those emotions are what is ruling that for me. Right. But it isn't, it wasn't until that moment where I felt myself like, honestly, it was like removing that burden from my shoulders of like, my emotions are my responsibility. Your emotions are not my responsibility. <laughs> so therefore I have to allow the Lord to fill that place. Yeah. Because that's the only thing I'm responsible for. It's the only thing I can tr- control. Literally the only thing. <laughs> Like we have all of our other control is an illusion, which is terrifying, but it's a good perspective. Ter- terrifying. Terrifying. It is true though. Like, it's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know that. Control of nothing. Actually. But I think a lot of that too is coming back to our parents. Like mm-hmm. it's, 
I know you and I've talked about this recently, but when you're not taught how to regulate your emotions, Mm -hmm. your emotions become what's controlling you. Yeah. Absolutely. And so, I mean, we all know this, but I think oftentimes we are like, oh, I'm not controlled by my emotions. But like, if you don't take a step back to actually like realize that, I'm sorry, but like so often Mm -hmm. we're in this place of, if I'm not happy, nobody's happy. Right. Right. Yeah. I, when I work with people... I not even work with people, but when I encounter people that are adults that are unregulated in their feelings or in their action, the way that I'm able to have compassion on them is kind of like what you were saying with Macy, how you had to picture yourself as a child. I have to remind myself that they are a broken and beloved child of God. Mm. And like, they may be acting completely out of pocket. Like, I don't care how aggressive they are to me. I don't care how disrespectful they are to me. This is how I've become unoffendable because I will then picture them, like literally picture them as a hurting child. Because I'm like, the only way that you can act like this to another person is when it comes from a place of hurt and desperation. And that was very important with me and my work. I told you, I had that revelation because I'm like, I cannot sit here and judge and dislike and resent people that are coming to me for help. Yeah. There's, and there's a lot of things in this world that you can choose to be resentful for. In the right. word, it says the opportunity for offense will grow in the end days. And right. it's like, if you're not aware of that, right. I can't afford to right. dislike or be angry at or be ugly toward anybody on this planet. Right. Because that's not a mirror of heaven. That's right. not the heart of God. And so I will picture like their inner child. That's why inner child work is very popular, even in the secular realm of therapy. Right. Because it is true. A lot of how we behave as adults is ingrained in us as children. Right. And it comes from, it comes from a place of defense, you know, just survival. Survival. Mm -hmm. Right. It's in, and even in like the fight or flight, Mm -hmm. all of those things of like the realization of like, okay, I have learned to suppress emotions Mm -hmm. and this is something that we all do it in a different way. Mm -hmm. And I think oftentimes it frustrates me because I think there's a negative view on certain avenues Mm -hmm. of doing this. Um, But the reality is, is like even emotional eating Mm -hmm. is still a form of this. Like it's still, you know, it's still running from the actual situation and avoiding how you're feeling about something. But if you're not aware, Mm -hmm. you you can't even explore what that emotion is. And if you don't have the support system to even feel, be able to feel these emotions, mm-hmm. that that alone is difficult. But I think too, like somebody once said something, um, I was listening to something recently about how we get into this place of self-preservation mm-hmm. when we're ha- in the midst of relationships with people that are hurting or broken. Right. And it's like, oh, well, this is the way that they're acting towards me. And like, I'm not accepting of this because this is not the way I should be. Mm-hmm. What did Jesus feel like? Mm-hmm. Right? Like he went to the point of crucified on a cross, mm-hmm. praying for forgiveness for those that persecuted him right. Right. in the midst of his suffering. If that's not like an, like we're supposed to be mirroring that through the love of other people. And that doesn't mean that we, enable their poor behavior or 
like oh, allow like, it. Right, right. Right. But even just like being assertive, like we don't, that's something that was like a revelation for us recently of like, oh, <laughs> we can actually be like confrontational yes. in an assertive way mm-hmm. that's still loving mm-hmm. and truthful yeah. without being aggressive and without being passive. Absolutely. That's why my <laughs> like area of specialty in the therapeutic field is conflict fluency. Like I Mm. love teaching on conflict and I um, try to encourage people, like when you're learning skills and conflict fluency, this is what God has put on my heart. Right. Is that you, the goal, the overarching goal is not to win more fights. It's to speak the language of a peacemaker. Like if you're doing conflict well, it's going to yield peace. It's going to yield result. Like it's going to help bring healing to a situation and not discord. Like, it people hear conflict and they immediately like their defense goes up. They go into their fight or flight because it's division. I mean, I feel like that word immediately brings division, but it's yes. not. That's not what it's intended. No, it's unity. If you do conflict well, it creates unity because you're eliminating the problem and you're solving it together and you're bringing people on side to be a team. And it goes back to especially marriage, right? We're not battling the issue. We hear this all the time. Mm-hmm. We are not battling each other. We're battling the problem. Yes. But we also forget we're not battling flesh and blood either. Mm-hmm. And so, like, from a believer perspective, sure. you're battling the principalities and powers that be. And yes. I think when we remove the face to the situation as well, it makes it easier to yeah. come together in unity and be like, no, you know what? Like, clearly there's a vision that's trying to be created in this. Yeah. But the goal in Christ is unity mm-hmm. and peace. Yeah. And even it's so interesting because the word resolve keeps coming back up. And just the other day, um, I used to be that person where like somebody would say something and I'm like, I've got, I've got to, I've got to say something back. Like I can't just keep my mouth shut. Like my dad used to get so mad and he's like, oh, you always have to have the last word of everything. Like that's just, I, yeah, I wonder why, where my children get it from, but you know, um, we're trying to get better at this, but it was a matter of, there was something that was said and I knew that it wasn't true. But that resolve came from Christ. Mm -hmm. It came from the Holy Spirit within me. It wasn't in trying to argue my way through the situation. And that's where I was like, for me, that marker of knowing like I'm in the right place with the Lord in this Mm -hmm. moment is knowing that like I don't have to defend myself. Yes. Yeah. The most monumental fight that I ever had. And I, I say it was a fight because it wasn't conflict done well in the beginning, but it turned well. And this is where we kind of made a, I don't know, we came to like a point where we never reverted to fighting again after this moment, um, where I was really hurt and I shared my feelings. And then we sat at the table and I said, but I know you need time to process this. So I'm going to step away until you're ready to talk. And I just said my piece and I walked away Mm -hmm. and I sat there for probably like 20 minutes to a half an hour, which was hard for me, but I tried to distract myself. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go on my phone. I'm going to read. I'm going to do whatever I need to do. Um, And then by the time, because I honored the fact that he needed to process and I honored him in that because I recognized my husband is not maliciously trying to hurt. Yes. I was able to have an incredible conversation with him and he was able to realize things that he never would have accepted if I continued to yell at him. Right. Like he was like, I'm aware that 
this is an issue now that I've found it. Like now that you gave me time to think. Well, and let's be honest, the Holy Spirit was able to actually minister to him a lot better than we can. (laughs) The Holy Spirit will always do a million times. Yep. Oh yeah. He'll do everything that we can't do and more. Uh huh. And the fact, like that, we're able to just walk away, and we have a helper like the Holy Spirit to do that. Like, why aren't we do? Why aren't we using that every day? (laughs) Why aren't we using that more? It's pride. Mm-hmm. Oh, 100%. It's pride. Yeah. It's like, well, no, I can solve this by myself. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, the Lord, I've always thought of pride as being somebody who was like arrogant in like almost outwardly expression, not necessarily like inward yeah. heart posture sort of thing. And the Lord one day challenged me and he was like, <laughs> pride is the belief that you don't need me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, dang. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like alarming. Wow. That can be any volume. Right. Right. Because in true humility is knowing that I cannot do it without him. Mm -hmm. It's not, I'm going to lay on the floor and let people walk all over me. It's literally, I can't do anything without Christ. Oh yeah. And I think for me personally, my family growing up, it was like the women were like their humility was they were martyrs. Like that's what they were like, I'm going to do whatever I can to keep the peace. That's not, right. that's, not that's not it. That, and that's also not submission. Thank you. <laughs> not submission. And, but the reality is, is that submission, I, this keeps coming back up. It's you're on a submission with the Lord and with your spouse. Mm-hmm. You are doing it together. Mm-hmm. You need each other yeah. and you need the Lord. Yeah. It is true, like walking in humility together. And we've got it so twisted and it's been so abused in so many ways. But I think that even in the way of like anything, anything that you walk through in life, when you can start to acknowledge, I need the Lord in this. Yes. I can't do this by myself. Mm-hmm. I was never created to. Right. Hence the gospel. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but there's such freedom in that. Mm -hmm. And that's where like, I think so often it's like, well, you need to get free from X, Y, and Z. And it's like, no, actually, can you just accept the freedom that you've already been given? Yeah. Not you need to do anything. Right. Yeah. I think the other side of that, like the deterrent in the way of us just allowing Holy Spirit to help us is, is fear. That's true. Because there have been many times where in my walk, I have had the actual thought, like, I know that you'll do this. I know that you're capable to do this, but what if this is the one time that you don't? Yep. And that will really derail you. Okay. So how do you walk through that? Well, sometimes not very well. (laughs) Sometimes it's, it's slow and it's, Sometimes it can keep you stuck for a season because Mm. and that season could be a year. Like, and I pray it's not for anybody, but I have gotten into places where I'm like, man, you, I've seen you do this and I know how capable you are. And I know that you can do anything that you want. And I know that you're able to do like exceedingly and abundantly (laughs) all the scriptures. I can quote it all. Speak scripture forever about this. But yeah. what if this is the first time yep. in history that it doesn't happen because I am who I am? Like, because of me getting in the way. 
because of my disbelief. And there are so many scriptural ways that we can create reasons why he won't do it for us. Agreed. And that is a dangerous trap. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so walking through that is simply like, okay, did he redeem me? Did he see me when he was on the cross? Did he call me worthy? Did he call me in? Are all of the promises for me? Do I actually believe that I'm saved Mm -hmm. sitting here right now in this moment? Do I believe if anything happened to me that I would wake up at the gates? And And what does that actually mean? Yeah. Right? Like Mm -hmm. that revelation of what that is. Mm -hmm. And it's something too for me in order. So I say struggled with that. It's surrender, right? Like I'm struggling to surrender this over to you. Mm -hmm. I'm struggling to trust you with this. Even though I know you're capable, even though I know you love me, even all of the things, I know all the scripture, like I know all of what I'm supposed to believe, yeah. but it's the action of that surrender. I don't know how to do it. Yeah. And quite frankly, for me personally, that didn't come mm-hmm. until I had a revelation of who he was as my father. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Once, and I have goosebumps and tears already <laughs> welling up over this, but like, It's the true, like, child of God faith Mm -hmm. and belief and love, knowing that it is truly the goodness of God Mm -hmm. that brings man to repentance, Mm -hmm. which if that's the biggest, most miraculous miracle on the planet, then what can he not do? You know, like, that's right. That's it. That's enough. Mm -hmm. If you've done that, I've I've got everything. Yeah. 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 I think about... Things that like really the one story that helps get me through those stretches of like what if, what if this is right. that really annoying doubtful nagging voice that is my own like I'm not even going to blame that on the enemy that's right. my own it's true I think about Shadrach Meshach and Abednego and how they were literally staring death in the face and their words were even if we burn up we still are going to give glory to God. Like we're still not going to bow to your idols. We're still not going to follow society. We're still not going to do what's expected of us by man. Even if they were literally prepared to burn up in the flame, they said, yeah, he's going to, he's going to see us through it. But even if he doesn't, we're still going to do the same thing that we would have anyway. And that's, that's, those are probably the most powerful words in scripture for me. Yeah. But even if, yeah. It gets me every time. I'm like, wow. And thankfully, I have an incredible therapist who, I mean, she said the same exact thing. She's like, Amanda, even if, mm-hmm. even if this was the result. I mean, I go back to Joey Miller's when she was at, uh, for her service. I mean, that service marked, <laughs> marked me. Yeah. Um, there's still photos that I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, no, but that was her message. It was even if, and we have to switch from that what if mentality to the even if, and even if he's still good, even, and it's not this spouting at the mouth. Like we were talking about a lot, like a little while ago, it's just, it's not just words. It has to be the heart posture of like, I mean, this last prayer and fasting that we did was so powerful for me. There was that moment of the goodness of God wrecked wrecked me. I mean, and I had a moment where, gosh, I just love and adore Erica. Um, but she came beside me and she just started weeping Mm -hmm. beside me. Mm -hmm. 
I've never experienced anything like that in my entire life. Yeah. And it's realizing really re- what this moment, that moment, it's in the middle of the fire. He's yeah. there. Yeah. It's that I'm going to come in the pit mm-hmm. and I'm not going to like, it's that I'm going to allow you to feel the goodness of God, even when everything else feels rotten in this moment. And it's so powerful, but it goes back to that. It's the revelation of just, even if this is what you're walking through right now, he's still God Mm -hmm. and he's still on the throne. Mm -hmm. It's just, yeah, it's, (laughs) it's true. And it's life-changing when you actually grab on to what that looks like. Mm -hmm. And the other aspect of that during that week for me was getting, (sighs) there's nothing like the corporate presence of the Lord. It just, it's just not. And when you feel that, I don't even know. It's just, it was the joy Mm -hmm. really of it just, I, if it was also gratitude for me of I'm in this moment and I'm watching you move in a way that I've prayed for for so long, so long. Mm-hmm. And if I hadn't prayed and remained steadfast in this yeah. and like walked away or whatever, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be able to witness this moment. Right. And that was so powerful of like, he's so good mm-hmm. to allow us to be a part of this. Mm-hmm. But he also doesn't need us. Right. He wants us. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's another way for me of overcoming those moments where he doesn't owe me anything. He doesn't need me for anything, but he wants me and he's continued to pursue that relationship with me. And so to think that one fleeting moment or one like tiny choice is going to change that. Oh yeah. It's that realization that like he's waiting way greater and way better than that. Yeah. He's pursued me through more. Yeah. Like he's forgiven me more. He's remained since, since before I was even on this planet. Like he's desired to be in a relationship with me, you know? Yeah. We forget that so, so quickly. And it's the trusting too, that like, because of that, He's not going to allow these things to pass and for you to miss it mm-hmm. or whatever. I just recently had a moment with him where I was just like, even in the midst of of parenting and motherhood and chaos around me, it literally could have been complete chaos, mm-hmm. but it goes back to the choice. I'm choo- How are you choosing to love and to serve and to view that moment? And for me, it was, it gave me the opportunity to receive the reminder from him of you are exactly where you need to be right now. It's where I've called you. And this is what this moment was meant to look like. Mm -hmm. And I'm here in this with you. And the most comforting thing that is, it comes to mind for me. Yeah. Is even if you find yourself where you're not supposed to be, he'll find you. Right. Like he will always find you. Right. He leaves a 99 for one. Yeah. So even if you aren't in the right place at the right time, he will find you there. Right. Like, That's true. That's true. And that could, 
that's all I ever need. And I think that that's the thing is like, I could have not been in the right place in that moment. Right. But he found me in that moment. So like, even if that wasn't, even if, even if that wasn't where I was supposed to be in that moment, he was there and he was present and he was going to pursue me, to pull me into wherever it was he needed me or wanted me in that moment. Yeah. He can make the wrong place the right place every time. I hope you all enjoyed the podcast with Nick. Um, It was such a pleasure having that conversation with her and just being able to sit down and really just share uh, the things, some of the things that we've walked through and some of the things that the Lord's been sharing with us. So uh, I pray all of you have a blessed day and thank you for listening.